Hello, welcome to Healing Out Loud with me, your host, Jackie Shea. This is a place to relate to the darkest days and be inspired by ultimate triumph. Each week, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on, highly informed about something new, and connected to a tribe of amazing humans. Because the only way out is through, but it helps to have a tribe walking with you. Hi guys, welcome back for another week and another episode. Thank you so much to Eva Hagberg-Fisher for being a patron of this podcast with small monthly contributions. You can become a patron too at patreon.com slash healing out loud. The link is in the show notes. It's a way for you to support this podcast if you like the content and want to hear more. Eva actually has a book coming out that any human, but especially any human who has dealt with chronic illness, should buy and read. It's brilliant. I'm obsessed with the book. You can pre-order it on Amazon now. The link is also in my show notes. All right, guys. This week, I am so pumped to introduce someone I've been dying to talk to and befriend for a long time. Comedian Hani Lisbon came on to talk about her experience with alopecia, losing all of her hair on three separate occasions, what that felt like, and how it forced her to redefine her relationship with herself. The weekly challenge is all about self-love this week and involves the ever-frightening mirror work. Listen in for details and follow me on Instagram at shayjack for any weekly challenge updates and other wellness fun. If you're interested in working with me, check out JackieShay.com for more info. And the backlog of all podcasts are also there. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or anywhere you get podcasts. And feel free to join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook community. All right, guys, let's hit this week's episode. Hi again, everybody. I'm so happy to chat with Hani Lisbon today. Hani is a comedian who performs all over New York City and the co-producer of a monthly comedy show called The Hani and Share Show. Hi, Hani. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm really happy that we're doing this. I've been watching you from afar for a while, so I feel really lucky to be asked to be on this. Oh, I'm so, so, so excited to have you on. I think this this topic, I'm so interested in our topic today. Um, you have a diagnosis of alopecia. Wait, did I say it wrong already? Alopecia. No, no, you're good. Alopecia. <laughs> alopecia. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Alo- like, did I already mess that up? Alo- alopecia, uh, which yeah. is an autoimmune condition where you lose your hair on your head, face, and sometimes other parts of the body, which is not your particular experience. It depends. There are three diff- two different kinds. Um, this is a condition I had actually never heard of, but, but hair is a huge topic for females in the chronic illness community, and this is about as extreme as it gets. So, I would love for you to take us back on your journey and give us the rundown of, of what happened before we get into the emotions tied to everything, just kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, so the funniest part about this, my whole journey is that I have always been obsessed with my hair. Like, even as a kid in school, I would always be like interrupting the class with like remaking my ponytail like a hundred times a day. My, but even the teachers would be like, Connie, stop playing with your hair. Like I've always been obsessed. When I was uh, in, uh, 15 years old, I like cut off all my hair and dyed it yellow. I've always been um, someone who like 
needed it to be perfect and I just couldn't like let it go. Like I would blow dry it for hours every, every night. Like I was someone who was not just like, Oh, I like my hair. You know, like I would spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars dyeing it. And so what happened, what happened was, is, um, uh, I think it was like five years ago. Um, I was in the shower and I just like saw a clump of hair when I was shampooing my hair and I came out and at the time I was in a relationship and I, I was like, Oh my, Oh my God, like what is wrong? You know? And, um, had no idea. Um, I was completely like feeling fine. Not, there was no other symptoms. I didn't have like a fever. I wasn't sick, you know, or achy at all. And, um, I don't remember how long it took me to the doctor. I'm not going to lie. I'm like a little bit of like a person who's like, well, maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away. I did that for probably two weeks and I was just like in a panic. Um, I was very embarrassed. I didn't really want to talk about it with anybody. Um, I did go to the doctor. Um, at the time I was on lithium. Um, I was diagnosed as bipolar, uh, I think six months prior to when my hair started falling out or no, I'm sorry, over a year. I think I was on the lithium for over a year before my hair started falling out. And I didn't know that one of the side effects of lithium is hair loss. Um, because I had been on it for so long, I didn't even think that it would be one of the side effects because I was like, wouldn't that have happened right away if I was like, quote unquote, allergic to it, you know? Um, so I finally did get tested. I got a biopsy done on my scalp and the results came back that it was due to lithium. Um, and I had been on it for so long that I was scared to not be on it. So I had a hard time letting go of being on lithium uh, prior to being on lithium I had been on an antidepressant for 10 years like a very low dose of Prozac so I hadn't been without a medication for over 11 years or something like that and I didn't trust myself that I could be in the world and not be on medication so that was a really hard transition for me to realize that the lithium was making my hair fall out and I needed to get off of it um oh, God, I finally yeah. That would be yeah, that I was take- so that is so hard. I got I had to get off of antidepressants like once or twice and it was just it's it's so scary. Yeah. I I didn't think that I had the tools to be in the world without medication because it had been so long. So I found a psychiatrist who helped me to slowly get off of it. And um it turns out this is the best part of the story but the sarcasm is that I'm not bipolar (laughs) and I didn't need to be on lithium for all those years right (laughs) I haven't been on medication since I got off lithium and that was five years ago wow that's amazing I was on lithium for three years or two and a half years thinking that I'm bipolar and telling you know just thinking that I'm bipolar which is a big deal Right. When you're not bipolar, what I really had that helped me to di- get diagnosed and pass as bipolar were symptoms of early trauma, mm. which looks similar to bipolar, which I now know. So I didn't know at the time. I just went to a doctor. I told him my symptoms and he's like, oh, yeah, you're bipolar. Oh, your grandmother's bipolar. You're definitely bipolar. Uh, apparently, that's not bi- how bipolar works. You have to have all of the symptoms. And when I finally got <laughs> off of this, when I finally, when I finally got off of it with a different psychiatrist who put me on it, she diagnosed me as like, oh yeah, you don't have bipolar. 
she's like, you have anxiety, you have like other things that were happening at the time for you that we now know that we didn't know then, which was my body was basically about to disclose to me trauma that I had been burying since I was five years old that I only remembered years and years and years later. Wow. And that's my time. That's my time. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, so first of all, what is a biopsy on the scalp? So they take like a scalpel and they, like they take a little piece of your scalp off with like a, you know, they, they test it and then they, they realize that, yeah, this is, your hair is falling out be- because of the lithium. And can they... They, they run it through tests and stuff like that. Can, at that time, I was not diagnosed with alopecia. It and, was completely related to a side effect. Got it. And can they use the same... Can they do a biopsy on the, on the scalp to diagnose alopecia? So that's funny that you asked that because the next two times... Spoiler alert, my hair kept falling out. But the next two times that it fell out, they didn't do a biopsy. They just looked and were like, oh, yeah, that's definitely alopecia in the, in the pattern that it was falling out. Got it. Okay, so this isn't this this lithium side effect is not connected to alopecia, and you know it's what an intense experience you you must have been learning about this trauma that was unfolding itself to you must have been terrifying and stressful. Yeah, yeah. It was it was also embarrassing because I was I had loved my hairstyle, and then all of a sudden I had to wear a hat every day. And I didn't want to tell people that my hair was falling out. I think I might have been, looking back, I think I might have had shame because I didn't take action as fast as maybe I would have be taking them today. Like, I was like, well, it's falling out. I'm going to be a victim, and I don't know what's going on. And even if it is lithium, I'm not getting off of it. So I sort of stayed in that place for, like, a month, which is a very long time when your hair is falling out. You can lose a lot of hair in that time, you know? Yeah. Um, so that happened. So when you but started... When I got- yeah. When you started kind of uh, seeing the psychiatrist and getting off of the lithium and this trauma started coming up for you that you had been burying since you were five, um, w- were you thrown into a world of, of sort of emotional stress with that trauma coming up and getting off of the lithium at the same time? So so the, the trauma actually was surfaced prior to my hair falling out. Oh, Okay. I, 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 I did the timeline wrong. I hope that's not too confusing. I'm so sorry. I realized I was on the lithium a lot longer than I remembered. I was on the lithium for like three years, I think. And I had the, the, the memories of the trauma. And then a year later, my hair fell out. Um, if I remember incorrectly, it was so, I don't have a, a, like a calendar of how it happened, but I'm pretty sure that, um, yeah, the trauma happened and then my hair fell out. And did you ever connect the hair falling out to the stress of that trauma before you went to the doctor and found out it was a side effect of the lithium? No. Okay. I never did. Okay. So you're so you're at the psychiatrist, you're getting off the lithium, and then once you got off, your hair grew back normal. A hundred percent. Yep. Totally okay. came back. Everything was fine. It was the same texture, same everything. And did you feel like did you feel like you had learned some lessons yet about kind of self-worth and shame and all of the things that we end up learning lessons about through things like this? Or were you just like, oh, it's over, it's done, I'm going to go back to totally normal how I was living? So I think, unfortunately, the latter, I don't think I learned enough lessons the first time. I think 
I still had the judgments that I have on like how people look. It's sort of like, uh, you know, um, sort of, I was still judging how people look instead of being compassionate to people that look maybe different. Like if I saw someone who had alopecia, I'd be like, Ooh, that's so weird. Why don't they cover that? You know what I mean? Like mm. I, I still had those thoughts because I was like, yeah, well, my hair grew back. Everything's fine. Like I had no idea that sometimes you are powerless over your body in a way that is so scary. Yeah. I'm with you. So when, I was yeah, like, I was yeah. like that too. I was totally like yeah. that. Yeah. Now yeah. I used to like just look at people and be like, Ooh, why don't you cover that? That looks so weird. And it's like, Oh, maybe they're just proud of who they are and are working through some stuff right now and are doing the best that they can. Right. And they don't want to use the You know, they don't want to be a victim. Right. They don't want to cover their hair to make other people feel comfortable. Right. So, so tell me what started to happen after, after your hair grew back. So after my hair grew back, um, it was like shoulder length and I was like super excited to start growing it out again. Cause I had had like a really cool, like faux hawk and I was like, all right, I'm going to like start looking a little bit more feminine. I'm going to, I had it shoulder length and it was great. And I had gone through a breakup. I lost my apartment. I had to, uh, I, I got to move in with my grandmother and have free rent for six months, which was really traumatic because I, it was a traumatic six months for me. And then I moved into a new apartment. I finally, you know, found a place that I loved in December. And then in May of 2014 or 15, I think it was 15, it started falling out again. And I was like, what? I'm not even on, I'm not even on any medication. I was so confused. I was mortified. I, I, I was like, okay, first of all, I'm going to do it differently this time. This time I'm going to ask for help along the way. And I'm also going to like tell people because the last time I didn't tell people and I just wore a hat for like three, four months. And, you know, people thought it was, I was doing it to be like cool or whatever. And at one point someone like pulled it off to be funny and they didn't realize like I didn't really have a lot going on underneath. And I was, so embarrassed. Mm. So in 2015, when it started falling out, I was like, you know what? I have to talk about it. I have to share about it in the places that I go, you know, my community. And I did that. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah. And I remember I'm like, how did it come back? Um, God. It, so what happened was, is I, I, I did make an appointment with a bunch of different doctors and everyone was like, yeah, you have alopecia and it's related to stress. There's no real reason why people get it and why other people don't um apparently it's common in women who are like prone to stress but i had never had it and i the other time it was an alopecia so um the only cure that they have is this specific like medication well they can give you steroid injections but that's only if you have like one bald spot but i had like hair loss all over so they couldn't give me injections all over my head right so they said they can, I can come to the hospital once a week and they'll like, uh, apply this like really strong cream that is too, uh, strong for me to take home. Like if I would to take it home, I would, it, it would like, it's like dangerous, you know? So they have to apply it with like gloves and everything and, and then do that once a week. And they're hoping after 12 weeks, my hair will grow back. But like, there's no promise. Like they don't know for sure. So I did that for like three weeks and my hair just kept falling out and it was really painful to do those, uh, that procedure. And my head would itch for hours the whole day and I wasn't allowed to scratch and it was so bad. And so I think about four weeks in, 
this was a really powerful moment. I, um, I had been in a writing class at the time and I, um, I had borrowed a friend of mine's wig because I had no hair at that. Like I had so little hair. I borrowed a friend of mine's custom wig cause I grew up in the Orthodox community. So like that's what people have. And it was like a long, sexy, flowy, blonde wig, which I didn't have. Like, it just looked like I was wearing a wig because everyone knew I had like short brown hair, you know? Right. And I was so, I was so embarrassed about that at work. People would be like, Oh, you got married. Oh, you know, like it was awful. And so I realized, you know what? I can't wear this wig. I, I can't keep hiding. And so I was like, I remember the moment I was in the shower. I was like watching the hair fall down my legs. And I was like, I was like, through it. I jumped out of the shower. I was soaking wet. I ran. This is so crazy. I like ran to get a pair of scissors and I just started cutting my hair. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I'm ready and willing to accept that I will never have hair again. And that's okay. And um, I, I went the next day to like get a proper shave from a barber and I had like a bald head and I was in full acceptance in that moment that that was that I was going to be okay. And I didn't even expect for it to grow back. I was like, okay, I have alopecia. That cure that they're offering me doesn't work. It's just too painful. And it's not even a hundred percent guarantee. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to have hair. That's, that's fine. And I think the moment I surrendered is the moment it started growing. Right. Which is always crazy. (laughs) I have a friend who used to say like, once you're willing to do this thing. Once you're willing to do whatever it is you're so afraid of, you won't have to do it. <laughs> like yeah. it's been so true in my life again and again. So that's that's just um amazing. Um continue, sorry. Oh no, that's okay. That's okay. So it just like it took it took I would say like a good six months for it to grow back like a thick a thick full head. But um Yeah, I had, I, and in that moment, I thought I had learned my lesson. I was like, okay, I learned the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. Like, I knew that it had been connected to my trauma at that point. I did connect it to my trauma. I think it's connected to my sexuality as well. I, um, I'm queer. So like, that even feels uncomfortable for me to say, knowing it's going to be on a podcast. But I had been in a relationship with a woman when my hair fell out the first time. And then when we broke up, I like was proclaiming to everyone that would listen how straight I am, you know, like, Oh, that was just a one-time thing. I'm totally straight. Like super into dating guys, never really dated anybody, but it was like, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. And I think my hair is connected to my sexuality, to my, um, to my core. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You are. I I yeah. Yeah. You are. Okay. Um, and then when it grew back, I decided, you know what? I really don't want to grow it long again. I'm going to keep a really cool, sexy, like short haircut. And, and if it does ever start to fall out again, I'm just going to shave it. Cause I don't want to deal with the trauma of losing it again. There's something very traumatic of taking a shower and having your hair fall down off your body. Like it's just, it, it, it's, I hope no one ever has to experience that. Um, does it also just feel like – does it just – and having hair on the pillow, right? The pillow, yeah. The does pillow. it, does it just nothing. feel like this incredible powerlessness? I don't know. Like can you describe it any deeper than, than, how, than how traumatic it is? Sure. It almost feels like I'm a failure, like I'm doing something wrong. And if I was doing something better, it wouldn't be falling out because the girl next door's hair isn't falling out, right? What am I doing that's causing this? I almost take responsibility for it 
which I don't know that I should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I did that with, with Lyme too. You know, like there was something yeah. wrong with me. Other people don't get that sick. Other people are not sick. Like I caused this and I fucked up somehow and like I don't handle my life right enough. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. Um. So, but that's that's so. Yeah, that's really really touching to me that you say that that you you felt like a failure. Um. Yeah. I am interested in uh, when I was researching uh, alopecia, I. I saw that a lot of people, most people, I think, start getting symptomatic as children. Like yeah. it seems like it's kind of rare that you that you only experienced symptoms later in life. Yeah, that is that is weird. Um, I don't know. Like, I know someone who lost all of their hair, but they had had a, like a traumatic brain injury, so that could, you know, cause that. But for me, I don't I don't understand it. Like, I the trauma happened when I was five. I didn't show any signs of alopecia, nothing. I just had anxiety as a kid my whole life. But yeah, literally then just one day, you know. And then again, in this past September, it started falling out. I, I noticed a, a bald spot in the back of my head and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Right, so tell us are about you that. kidding me? I was at my sister's house. Well, I think I noticed it a drop before I left, but I do this thing where I just like don't look in the back of my head because I'm like, well, I don't want, I don't want to see what's going on there. And I still do that. I don't look at the back of my head anymore. I don't really know what it looks like because I, I don't want to see it. I know that sounds so crazy, but it's just been so traumatic. Like, um, I was at my sister's house. It was a, a Jewish holiday. We were about to have a bunch of people over for a meal. I went, I got out of the shower and like I was doing my hair and I was like, oh, wait, that's my skin what's happening and it was like the size of a dime it was really small but I knew I was like oh that's that's how it starts that's how it starts and I you know I, I started crying I started panicking and um I I realized like okay this is a journey that I'm about to embark on how do I want to deal with it like do I want to hide it from the world at that point I had been doing a lot of social media posting like stories every day and I was like, do I want to hide it from them? Do I want to share? Do I want to maybe make people laugh about it? You know, and I decided that I'm going to just start talking about it. Um, and I don't know if I started talking about it right away. In the beginning, I wore, I got like a hat and I would just wear the, like a, a baseball cap a lot. But then one day I, I told them, I was like, hey, this is why I've been wearing the hat. My hair has been falling out. I think it's still on my Instagram, my actual feed. I think I kept it there. I'm not sure. But I was just like, I said it in a funny, like, uh, filter so that people would think it was a joke, but like I, they could tell that I was serious, but I just, I needed to let them know that like, Hey, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> mm -hmm. My hair has been falling out. And, um, and I showed video and then like, a, I think it was like a month and a half later, I, I shaved it. I shaved it in November at the end of November, like right before Thanksgiving. And I had a friend come with me to the barber and um that was it. I was like bald, like on a level. <laughs> I was I was bald, bald. Like I, I don't know if you have you have the picture. Like, yeah, you can see. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I went home that night and he had left like some patches and I used like a shaver that I shaved my legs with and I shaved it because I was like it looked really weird. And then I was like, oh, now I look like a there's a baby's butt on my head. Like it was. <laughs> I was mortified. I was mortified. But I went to. 
I shared about it. I just kept showing up to my community where I go, you know, and um, talked about the feelings. I kept posting on Instagram. I kept being seen instead of hiding. I wanted to hide. I wanted to stop doing comedy. I remember I, I didn't do comedy for like two weeks, which doesn't sound like a long time, but in the comedy world, it's like a year. Right. And I I went to an open mic and I was wearing my baseball cap and I was like, hey guys, like this is what's going on. And I was like, should I take my hat off? And they were like, yeah. So I like took my hat off and did stand-up comedy as a bald person for the first time. And it was like the most powerful experience like I can still feel the support that was coming from those comedians in that room and then I realized okay like this is it now I'm I'm I I have to keep doing comedy I can't just stop and hide on my couch and cry I can't wow which is all which is all I wanted to do right of course and then your hair grew back again (laughs) yeah It was it was the winter time, so I was able to wear like a, a a ski hat without people being like, "Why are you wearing a hat?" Like it was cold, and especially without hair, it's very cold. So um, I wore a hat from November till January, November, December, January, February. I would say it started growing back in March, like where I felt comfortable. I, I mean, I, I I didn't mind being bald because you get a lot of attention when you're bald, which is kind of fun. Um, but you know, it's just weird to say, I mean, I'm a comedian. All I want is attention. So it was kind of perfect, but sometimes I, I just didn't want people staring at me, you know? Well, sure. Cause yeah. People thought I had cancer, you know, it was, I had to be like, no, 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 it's fine. Just, uh, stress guys. Just stress. Um, just stress. <laughs> yeah. Like don't stress me out. Cause my hair will fall out. Oh, um, this is kind of how I feel now. Like I'm like, what can I do so that my hair doesn't fall out again? Right, because you're in the middle of a very stressful, a very stressful um, uh, time. Uh, you just lost yeah. a job, and you're going through it. And I was saying to Hani before we uh, started taping that it's so interesting. After you've been sick or had any serious trauma like that, you when you get really emotionally stressed, there's this terrible fear that compounds the emotional stress that goes, "Oh my God, what if this makes me sick or flare up or have a fallout or whatever it is?" Um, yeah. And I think that's really, really relatable. And it's amazing to me. I'm just amazed by you. And it seems like you've, you just have so much grace through this oh, experience. Wow. Uh, and so much impa- – you've had so much empowerment. And um, yeah, like just you've really gotten through it. You've let yourself kind of go through the, the, the feelings and share about it and be open about it and get to the other side. So I want to talk about some of the ways you did that. So let's take a quick break for the weekly challenge. Welcome to our weekly challenge segment where we arm you with new tools each week to kick some self-care butt. As you explore all of these new options presented weekly, my hope is that you will come to collect a number of quick ways to take care of yourself inside and out. You will essentially have your very own and very handy self-care toolkit. Some of the challenges may not work for you, and some will seem perfectly tailored to you. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness. Keep in mind that the goal is always progress, not perfection. The only rule is that you are never allowed to beat yourself up. Keep me posted on your progress. Stay accountable. It helps. Okay, let's hit this week's challenge. Okay, Okay. honey, what is the weekly the challenge this week for our listeners 
So when my hair was falling out from alopecia the first time, someone put me in touch with this woman who started a movement called Bald is Beautiful. And her story is, is that she had breast cancer 12 years ago and, and felt that losing her hair from the chemo was more traumatic than the actual cancer and chemo. And so after she survived the cancer, she decided to keep a bald head in like solidarity for the women and people who lose their hair due to cancer. And so she is still bald till this day. And she's one of the strongest women I've ever met. And someone put me in touch with her while I was losing my hair. And she said to me, can you do this thing for me every day? Out loud, say this mantra, I, Hani, am a wonderful and beautiful person out loud in front of a mirror. And I was like, oh, no, that's not what I'm going to do. I <laughs> felt so ugly and dirty and disgusting when my hair was falling out. She's like, I know this is going to just talk to the little girl inside you who needs to hear that she's okay, right? And so I did that for many weeks. And so I think the challenge that I actually think I need to start incorporating into my life, so it's, it's a challenge for me too, is to look in the mirror in the morning when I wake up and to say, I, honey, am a wonderful and beautiful person. And then like smile, you know, and then maybe I can do it at night or we can all do it at night. And you don't have to use my name. Obviously, that would be weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like insert your own name and um, and like just help build ourselves up because on my own, to be honest, like sometimes I don't feel that I'm a wonderful and beautiful person, but hearing myself say it is really powerful. And seeing my face when I say it is also really powerful. Right. I love it. And I can, I can definitely use that. And when you, this kind of tags onto this, piggybacks on this, this comment, did you feel like when you started to lose your hair, did you start to notice how much of feeling like a beautiful and wonderful person or feeling like a worthy person was sort of like wrapped up in, in all of these external things? And did it shock you? To know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I was like, oh, yeah, no one's going to want to be with me. Who's going to want to date me? Isn't that shocking? Who's it was like, for me, I was like, holy shit. I had no idea that I actually only thought I was worthy because of X, Y, and Z, which I can't do now. Yeah. And like, suddenly yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. It was like, if you're not going to think I'm sexy, then I'm not sexy. And how could I be sexy if I don't have my cool haircut? Right. Right. And so did this mantra, did this morning routine um, help you kind of move through that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. And that's why I'm saying I should still continue doing it because I've been feeling pretty low on myself recently. So I think I could actually really benefit from this challenge and maybe even keep it for longer than a week just because I remember how powerful it was. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. So so the challenge, guys, to look in the mirror every morning or as many times a day as you can, really, say, I insert your name. I'm a beautiful, wonderful person. And like so many people are going to scoff at that just like you did and just like I would have, right? And it's like <laughs> you do yeah. you do it when you're sort of like, well, I've got, I don't know what else to do. I've got nothing else. So yeah. I highly... And it's also, in the, I think in the beginning, it's really hard, but then it gets easier and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. No, I am. And it, it, it gets easier to do. Right. 
So what were some of the other ways you you sort of tackled some of the feelings you were having? Um, or not I think tackled, I, in the fr- but worked through. Right, right, right. The first time around, I did, um, I think I did a lot of acupuncture. I did take out like sugar and wheat and dairy out of my diet because those are inflammatory foods and your scalp is inflamed and that's why the hair is falling out. But I actually don't know if that's what made my hair come back. I don't know. There's really no way. And now I'm like starting to freak out because I'm like, oh my God, I had pizza this week. Um, But that's not how it, like, I don't think that's how it works, you know? Yeah, I didn't read anything about that either. And I was kind of interested in that. I was like, oh, it doesn't seem like there's that much that many options like your your hair falls out and if you're lucky it grows back and yours does yeah yours grows back yeah <laughs> yeah my, my this time it grew back like curly and thick and I have white hair now I'm just like all right god whatever I'll take it it is a little weird I'm keeping it really <laughs> short I just find it to be um I'm trying to be less attached to it than I used to be because I, I can't control it the way I thought I could. <laughs> yeah. Are like, you less attached to it and do you feel sexy today regardless? Oof. Oof. What a hard question. I I don't feel sexy today. I do feel less attached to it. That's me being honest. Yeah. That's great. So you don't yeah, feel I sexy just, I, today yeah. within this 24-hour period or generally today? I would say – Wow. I would say generally. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it is still connected. I just my hair I guess I do feel attached to it and I don't I don't really like it so much, but there's not much I can do with it. So now I'm just like, okay, just I'm happy that I can be amongst people and not have people staring at me, but I don't I don't love my hair. Right. And are you still do are you still working on that? Like are you still kind of I didn't even I didn't even think about it until we're talking about it now. I'm like, wow, I've literally been not being compassionate to my hair. Like there was a time when it fell out and then I was I saw it growing back. I was like I like, you know, just saying like you're safe now, you can come back, like no one's gonna hurt you. I know that sounds so crazy. But I was like talk to it. And um I haven't been doing that and um I should start again. Because I don't want it to think that it needs to leave in order to get my attention. Because that's been my experience. Is like once once the hair starts falling out is when you start loving on yourself. Yeah. Or I have to. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's so – yeah. And that's such a – that's such a – a common cycle for people with chronic illness is like the flare-up happens or or the fallout happens and then we're on the self-care train and on the self-love train and doing all the things and then like as soon as it's it's better or better-ish, you know, we stop. And there's something just about when you're in pain, you're in pain and when you're not, you're not. Like you, you're just not yeah. thinking about it. So um, yeah. for me, one of the biggest – one of the – the hard one of the biggest obstacles was really keeping up with my self compassion, my self care, my self love when I'm feeling good, or yeah. or when I'm like just okay, you know. And it's not like you know shit hitting the fan. Oh my god, hit your knees and and love yourself, whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So I do. I think that's a really important topic and yeah we don't we don't think about it until until someone poses that question right <laughs> <laughs> i was like wow i've been avoiding a mirror that's not a good sign 
Right. I'm sure that looking in the mirror has become traumatic because there's been so many moments where you look in the mirror and like you see something that's, oh, fuck. So, yeah. Yeah. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy (laughs) (laughs) So like, what will you do? Keeping it light on a Wednesday. Keeping it light. I know. So speaking of that, how have you used, uh, you know, comedy and and your art and your creativity to – you know, to, to help you get through this. I need it. I need comedy more than ever when I'm in this place. Does that make sense? Like of I, um, yeah, it, it, it keeps me feeling connected to myself because I know if I'm hiding on my couch because of how I look, that's like me giving up. So I've done, I can't even count how many times I've done comedy with like no hair and just like, talk about how I feel. I know it's like not what the stage is for, but sometimes I just get up there and I, and then like sometimes I'll talk and I get really funny jokes from me just sharing how I'm feeling. Right. You know, <laughs> which is one of my favorite jokes. I, I'm not going to say it now, but it's, I, I, I mean, I guess I could, I don't know. Please say it I now. mean, I guess I could. So, yeah. so basically what I say is, you know, I, I, I put on a wig, I was totally bald and then where I come from, the married women wear wigs. So I just borrowed my friend's wig until someone was like, oh, my God, muggle top on your wedding. And I was like, oh, no. I would rather look like I have cancer. Then people think I'm a married Orthodox woman. Like, that. how am I ever going to get married if people think I'm married? I don't know. I like that joke. Maybe Jewish people will find that offensive. But or, I don't know. That's what happened. I was wearing the wig. I was fine. And then someone was like, you know, it it came from truth. And um, Right. So we talk a lot on here about how creativity, how creativity, you know, is so important in these times and and whatever your creative um, outlet is. And I love that yours is comedy. And I think that laughter is hugely important in getting through um, stress. You know, and, and 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 illness, and like we need the laughter to heal. We really do. And something yeah. that happened to me when I was really sick is I I stopped laughing. I just pretty much straight yeah. up stopped laughing. Um, yeah. And it was and it was a woman in Indonesia actually who told me, uh, "You need three things to heal." And she said two things she said one of them was actually creativity and another one was uh vibrating above the illness and the third one was laughing she was like you need to laugh and it was in that moment that i realized i hadn't laughed in almost two years i mean i'm sure i did but like but like not really you know like i was pretty fucking like nothing is funny (laughs) Um, and so I, I love, you know, like your Instagram we were talking about before you have this one Instagram called good morning from good morning from me. And it makes me laugh so hard. And it's like, if anything, if social media has any worth, worth worthiness, like it's in people making me laugh sometimes for me. So yeah, yeah. I just love that. And I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I've been riding the train for 15, 16 years and the commute, for some reason it's so weird, but I feel the safest on trains. I just feel I'm surrounded by people. I'm a New Yorker. I'm like out in the world. I'm independent. I actually enjoy riding the train. It's like a weird feeling of camaraderie, but like I just 
thought, what if I could like make other people like see this hidden world that I am exposed to every day, but also make jokes. And so that's kind of sort of came from one day, some guy was literally like coughing all over me. And so I wrote good morning from me and the guy who's coughing on me who I can feel, but you can't see or something. I can't, but you can't see, but I can feel. And then I was like, oh, my God, people need to see the, the stuff that's going on here. Like, it's insane. And then that's kind of how it happened. And it really is insane. Like, I'm from New York, and I know <laughs> what it's like to ride the subway. But it's like, God, some of the things that you post are I didn't just- know you were – I didn't know you were from New York. That's exciting. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm from New York City, so I rode the train for years and years and years and years and years. And um, I actually don't like riding the train, but okay. But I do love the people watching that comes of it, and yeah, <laughs> you just you just capture it so phenomenally. It's like. It's, Thank you. It's so brilliant, guys. And I really love that you incorporate comedy so so deeply into your life. And um Thank you. And Thank it, you. Yeah. And it uh, helps you. It's helped me. It's helped me. Like like making people laugh is like really all I wanna do. That's it. Right. That's all I wanna do. Like those weird weather reports, singing in the shower, like I just I want people to know that like you know, everyone has their thing and like I think you can make fun out of like every random situation that's happening. If you're in a good place, obviously I'm not like saying, you know, I have to make people laugh even when I'm like miserable, but when I'm in a good place and I can show up for that side of myself, it feels amazing. Right. And we were talking about how you're on a little bit of a hiatus right now because you're going through a hard time right now and you don't want to perform and make people laugh. Um, yeah. So what's that like? How do you, you know, how do you balance? Well, so here's the thing. I actually did comedy twice yesterday, which is so funny because like the day before I couldn't get off the couch. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I left the house. I should do comedy. And I had two great sets and I had a great time. And I have, I think it's more performing on Instagram for people that don't know me who I have to pretend everything is fine. Right. When I get on stage and I can be like, hey, you guys, I just got fired and I can talk about it and make jokes that that feels good. But when I have to like, talk on Instagram and I think there's like this maybe it's like self-made but there's like this pressure for me to pretend that everything's fine and like make the joke as if everything's fine it's harder Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel um, sincere to me right to like have an emotional breakdown on the phone with my friend and then like go make a funny video like wait what that's not that's that's not am I the same like how do I just compartmentalize that you know so I feel when I get on stage, it's a little bit different, right? Because it's more it's more authentic. I can talk about it. I don't know why. What if I let go of that barrier and just like went on Instagram and be like, hey, guys, I'm having a hard time. Like, <laughs> right. the thought of doing that is like so hard, but like might also be really liberating. Right. Well, it's also something that you did with your hair when you initially started losing hair. You just That's put a hat true. on, right? And it was like – yeah just cover it up, don't talk about it. And then you learned quickly the next time it happened that that really didn't work for you. The not talking about it, the not being seen. And I think that that's such a brilliant takeaway from this episode. Like being seen actually really helps. You Um, know what? I'm so going to make a post when I hang up and talk about this podcast and tag you and you'll get, I mean, it is, I mean, I just feel like you're right. I, I, 
I don't know that I've necessarily been hiding. I've also been on the phone with lawyers and, and, <laughs> and employment, you know, insurance. I've been like doing things, but at the same time, I can let my followers, even if they're not real friends, know like, hey, I've been struggling. I've been going through a hard time and I'm still a comedian, you know, like it doesn't mean I'm, but I'm a comedian who has feelings and it's, and maybe, you know, just ask for support or whatever. Right. So I know, I know it's so hard, but if you would just tell us what the huge difference was for you when, before, when you just wore a hat and covered it all up. And then when you, when you were like, I'm going to talk about this, what was the difference? I think knowing how lonely it was, if I didn't let people in, it's very lonely. It's very lonely doing it by yourself. So what would you suggest or what would, yeah, what would be a few suggestions to somebody with alopecia today or, or struggling with, with something else? Um, you know, I would, yeah, I would say definitely if you can let the people who, if you don't feel like, you know, going public on a social media platform, that makes total sense. But maybe if you could like share about it with your like network, if you have a network, to let them in so that they can be there for you. Because otherwise they don't even know and they can't actually support you. So even though it's really hard to be seen, I would I would say like, hey, maybe pick like three people that you can confide in. Because one isn't enough. You, for me, it, it, it takes a village. <laughs> so as big as a village can be is like the better because I need a lot of support. So right. that would be my takeaway is like even though it's so embarrassing or it's so hard or you think you're going to be quote unquote too much for your friends I would I would say like ask for help despite the pain or the shame or whatever like ask for help because in every single instance the help is always there for me every like every in every aspect of whatever it is I need help with if it's literally going wig shopping if it's going if it's sending a letter to a lawyer like whatever it is I get the help that I need if I ask for it. If I stay home and I sit on my couch in a, a ball of shame, like nothing gets done. Right. And so much of this episode has been about like not sitting on the couch in a ball of shame, right? Getting I up. Know. I know. I, I, getting I make up. it sound like I do that all the time. I, I just want to clarify it happened one day this week. <laughs> No, no, you a lot of tears. (laughs) No, you don't. You make it sound like you want to do that and you don't do that, which is absolutely, which is absolutely true for me too. And I need to hear that. Like I so often want to sit on the couch in a ball of shame, way more often than I'd like to admit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And. It's it's just this brilliant thing that we don't have to. We all have choices. Yeah. We all have options. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm sure you'd agree, uh, it's actually really beneficial to sit on your couch in a ball of shame for for yeah. half the day or whatever, whatever it's going to be. Sometimes we just need that experience. And then to get up and write our gratitude list and go perform comedy or whatever it is. But yeah. people ask, like, how do you do it? And I think – and I wonder what your answer is. Like, how do you just choose not to? And I just am like, you just stop thinking. You put on your shoes and you leave. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I had an appointment this morning with uh, someone to like, I I don't know if I'm, I had an appointment with someone to help them with something and like, I didn't want to go, but like I had agreed to help them with this thing. And so I showed up and helped them with the thing, right? 
if I didn't have that appointment to help them, I probably would still be on my couch. Mm. <laughs> but it got me out of the house. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm out in the world now. Okay. So That's a good trick. I think. That's a good yeah, trick. Yeah, it's like setting yourself up commitments to be there for other people. I write a gratitude list almost every day. And I have for, I'm going to say, eight years. Um, I write a gratitude list probably three to four times a week. Not every day. Four times a week is a rough is like a, an estimate, but I've been doing that for eight years. So like the day I lost my job, I wrote a gratitude list, right? I'm grateful that I don't have to go to the job. I always try to look for the positive because otherwise I live in the negative. Right. You have to work a little extra hard to see the positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. So I love all of that. And what are you going to do when we hang up since it kind of came up on this oh. episode that, you know, your self-care might be lacking a little bit right now? What are some of your new commitments to yourself over the, the rest of the day? Oh, wow. Ooh. Put me on the spot. I know. Um, I am – I'm not just – okay, so literally – I'm at this really cool co-working space that I met these, this woman who owns it on, sun, uh, on Sunday night at a comp, like outside a comedy club. And she's like, yeah, you can come by and you can hang out here. So I'm in her conference room right now, which is how I like was able to do this podcast in the middle of the city. Um, so I'm going to hang out with her for a minute. And then I might go to the high. I'm right by the high line. And I've never really been there by myself. I've gone on dates, but I think I might just like take myself on a walk there. It's supposed to be beautiful. Have you been? Do you know what it is? I have. I love the High Line. Yes. Okay. I think it's yeah. beautiful. So I'm like, yeah, I'm right by the High Line. I think I'm going to go there and um, try to uh, stay present and in my body today. I know that sounds so silly. Uh, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have had like a, such a cooler answer. But um, where I'm at is like really basic basic right now it's like make sure I eat you know make sure I'm drinking enough water um, because uh, not having a structure is really uncomfortable uh, for me you know it's so hard and are you going to do comedy tonight um, I think I'm going to meet up with friends and spend time in that way yeah and yeah I have a really big show on Sunday which I'm really excited about and I think I might actually be honest before it starts um, and be like, you know, uh, you guys, I just lost my job. It's so weird, like differentiating time now with like, oh yeah, that was the day I got dressed. Um, that's kind of <laughs> like where I'm at right now. Right. Um, instead of, instead of just not acknowledging what's happened, but right. Yeah. Um, to, I, yeah. I love the so. rest of your day. The rest of your day is just like feeding your, your sweet soul. It's like, okay, I'm going to hang out with this person who makes me feel good. And then I'm going to walk on the High Line because it's beautiful and it's New York and in the summer. And so I can do that. Yeah. And then I'm going to yeah. go hang out with friends who, who feed me my soul tonight instead of fucking yeah. putting myself on stage. Like that just sounds – Yeah. That just yeah. – Sounds really lovely and, and eat enough food uh, yeah. and drink enough water. Also, I can't wait to meet you. Is that weird? Am I allowed to say that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to be in New you York. You live in L.A. or Berkeley? I'm in L.A. I'll be in New York, okay. Um, you know, soon. I'll let you know for sure next time I'm in New York. Okay. Because I'm coming to L.A. in like a month. Oh, yay. So maybe we can meet. Maybe we can meet. That would be super chill. Yes, of course we can. Absolutely. Uh, that makes okay. me very excited because uh, <laughs> L.A. sucks sometimes. Um, really? Well, just, you know, 
I miss, there are things I miss about New York. <laughs> are you thinking people. about moving back here? No, because I can't do the weather okay. and I can't do the, the, uh, the lack of, um, of personal space. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really hard yeah. for me. Um, so tell people, speaking of New York and, and the weather there, where they can find you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my God. Come see me at a show, you guys. I won't be this emotional, hopefully. We don't know. Um, my next show is this Sunday. It's called The Khani and Cher Show. It's at the Branded Saloon in Prospect Heights. It's at 603 Vanderbilt. It's at 8 o'clock. It's a free show. I'm also performing on Tuesday night at, oh, let me look it up really quickly. I don't know the name of the bar by heart. Uh, hold on. Uh, um, I'll just tell you about a show on Thursday, the 23rd of August. It's at the Duplex, which is at 61 Christopher Street. And that is a 930 show. And it's it's a Jew-based show. It's like a very Jewy show. So if you're an anti-Semite, <laughs> maybe don't come. Uh, also, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, <laughs> Anti-Semites aren't really my crowd. I mean... Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that makes me feel better about myself. Let me just... Um, look and see okay here we go so the show for tuesday is called funny haha and queer show and it's at the metropolitan bar and i think that's um in williamsburg or bushwick but if you if you find me on instagram which is at honey underscore lisbon i will be posting all of the flyers so you will have all of the information um, and I always love more followers, so follow me. Um, and at good honey underscore Lisbon at honey underscore Lisbon and good at good morning from me. Oh yeah, of course. And at good morning from me, it's all one word, and um, you can share it with your friends, send it to Jimmy Kimmel, like whatever you want, like no pressure. <laughs> Uh, you guys, I love following Honey. And also, if you have alopecia and want to get in touch with Honey, um, you can also write to me for, for further contact or you can uh, direct message her on Instagram. So, so great. Thank you so much for coming on and for talking about your experience so honestly and bravely and vulnerably. And, um, and yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you more. When we hang Thank up you. with everybody. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thank Bye. you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Healing Out Loud. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram, my favorite social media platform, and follow me at JackieShay.com if you want to stay in touch. You can also write to me through JackieShay.com if you're interested in working with me as your trusted wellness companion. I'm always happy to hear from you with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook group. Have an amazing week, you kick-ass humans. I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week, and I can't wait to share more. Bye.